0: John chapter 9, verses 24 to 38. A second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I've told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you, do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciples. disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You've now seen him. In fact, he's the one speaking to you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thanks so much, David. Oh, we've got two mics on stage now. Lovely. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, just to add my welcome to Emily. Uh, if we haven't met before, my name's Tom. I'm the worship pastor here. Look after the worship life of the church. I'm sitting down again, everyone. Uh, it's going to be another little shorter thought from me this week, uh, similar to last week. Um, mainly just because. Um, just again, I'm really keen that we get enough time for ministry at the end. Um, God's been doing amazing things in ministry here um, at Focus. And then last week, um, just amazing things. Uh, just an encouragement to you. Uh, if you were here last week, um, we shared a word from the front that maybe someone uh, might need healing with their left knee. And... Um, a few people came forward um, and one particular person um, felt that that was for them, her name's Liz. Liz, if you're here, we love you, you're amazing. And um, she couldn't put weight on her knee or couldn't, and couldn't bend her knee before coming in. Um, and was pretty low about it and, and then uh, was completely healed. Um, was able to put weight on her knee, could bend it in ways that she couldn't and she left completely overjoyed. Praise God. So good. Um, And Liz, I think if you are here, I think that was Liz's first Sunday at St. Mary's as well. So welcome to St. Mary's. Um, So all that to say, we're just really keen um, to get into ministry. So just a shorter thought from me um, from John 9, and then we'll go into ministry. Um, I think I'm allergic to the sun. Uh, Not only because of my painfully pale complexion, uh, but uh, a few weeks back... Um, I really badly burnt my head in the sun, everybody. Um, Some of you may know that I'm a man of not much head hair. Uh, And I'd just shaved my head right back down uh, and then went on a stag do where we played football for two hours in the blazing sunshine. And I did put sun cream on, guys. But still, my head was like seriously red. And then it swelled up. I was gonna put a picture on the screen, but the pictures don't even really do it justice. I looked like Squidward, if you know who that is, from SpongeBob, my head was like bulbous. Um, and then just gradually the swelling sort of like fell down my head, so I had this like doughnut of like swelling around my head. Um, so maybe I'm allergic to the sun, um, maybe not. Um, why am I kicking off with that story? Um, because we're going to be talking about reactions today, so there we go. That's my clunky little segue into what we're going to be talking about: reactions. Um, we just heard John chapter nine read there, um, and so far, up until this point in the series, if you've been tracking with us, Jesus has been kind of going around. Um, he's he's been making more and more statements about himself. Um, "I am the light of the world" is what we looked at last week. Happens again at the beginning of this chapter, just before the reading that we heard. He's making loads of statements about himself. Um, healings are happening, miracles are happening um, and lots of people are reacting in lots of different ways to who he is. Some people are choosing to follow him, uh, giving their lives to him, disciples, others are intrigued and just kind of hanging around, others um, are really anti-Jesus and are wanting to see him killed. So there's a variety of responses Um, and so our question for today really is what's our reaction What's our reaction uh, to Jesus? Um, As we saw last week, he's meant to be seen. John's gospel is all about presenting Jesus to us. And what are we going to do with him, basically? Um, And so that's my question today. How will you respond to Jesus? How will you react to him? Will you reject him in the same way that my swollen head rejected the sun? Or not? And so... Today's chapter is kind of, um, we only heard the kind of middle chunk of the chapter read there. Um, so if you want to have it open in front of you to see the whole flow of it, it's going to be really helpful, I think. Um, John chapter 9. Um, and really the chapter is kind of like a microcosm or like summary of the whole of John's gospel. You get this moment, just to talk you through the story, because again, we only had the middle bit. Um, at the very beginning, you get the, uh, the claim of Jesus, I'm the light of the world, at the beginning of the chapter then you get a miracle to back that up he heals this blind man he spits in some mud and wipes it on his eyes and it's all very gross um and then the man is completely healed so you get claim about who i am miracle and then like loads of different responses after that of what happened so it's kind of like a microcosm um uh, of the of the uh, the whole book and and um the, the four people, the, the four different groups that react um, are these. You get um, the kind of neighbours, uh, the, the people that knew the blind man that were like, oh, you were blind and now you're not. We know you. What's happened? How do they react? Um, uh, then you get the Pharisees um, because uh, the neighbours actually take the blind man to the Pharisees. They're like, oh, well, the, te- the teachers will explain what's happened. So they take him before the Pharisees and they're like, well, you must be able to tell us. And then the Pharisees react in whatever way they react. Um, then the Pharisees don't know what's going on. And so then they take the blind man back to his parents. And then you get the parents' reaction. What, what are they going to do in response to this miracle? And then right at the end, which is partly the bit that we heard read, you get the man himself. How does he react to what's happened and to Jesus himself? so we're going to go through each of those reactions and kind of just pull them apart. What, what's going on there? How can we relate? Um, and I want to suggest that um, uh, all these reactions, they kind of represent how we all react to Jesus. Each of the groups in this chapter are hopefully really relatable, at least to me they are. Um, and I'm hoping that today they can almost act as like a mirror for us to see something of ourselves in this text and our tendencies towards Jesus and just life in general. And so it's my hope that this morning, in his kindness, God will give us a deeper understanding of the posture of our hearts towards Jesus. What needs adjusting? Where am I off? Um, How am I viewing him wrongly? What do I need to lean into more? Um, So why don't I just pray um, and then we'll launch in. Lord Jesus, I pray now that you would come and show us exactly that. Lord, illuminate our minds and our hearts to see what's inside of us. How are we responding? What are our tendencies? Where are we going wrong? What do we need to put right? And Lord, we invite you in now by your Spirit to come and do that work in each of us. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So. Let's just go through them. The, the first rea- reaction of the neighbours, so these are the people that knew the man, um, they react, I think, with curiosity. Curiosity. Um, they kind of go, they, the verse, is, I don't, can't remember which verse it is, but they literally say, where's the man that's done this to you? Like, I want to know more about this. Where is the person that has healed you? It's this kind of curious we need to know more type response, curiosity. Um, They go to the Pharisees, which was probably not the greatest choice, uh, but their heart is right. They're open to finding out more. Um, And you might jump to kind of, if we're thinking about ourselves, you might jump to apply this kind of curiosity to um, maybe people who are new to faith, or if if you have no faith, maybe. Um, That might be the type of person that we start to think about when we think about curiosity. alpha's catchphrase is stay curious and so that's definitely true Um, if that's you in the room then that's something for you to reflect on yourself how curious are you Um, but I want to suggest that curiosity is or at least should be a universal human trait Um, maybe we most obviously see it in like little children right little kids are just like experiencing everything for the first time it's just like oh the world is what it is and they're so curious to like find out what's going on, and then they put it in their mouths. And, you know, (laughs) it's this curiosity. I'm not recommending that we all go and do that. But um, this curiosity is in all of us. And then as we grow, it's almost like this curiosity can be knocked out of us by um, just life and what happens to us. And it's easy for us to become, I I think, um, cynical or um, just lacking curiosity, lacking the energy or or the time to give to to finding out more about things. Or maybe even um, really hard stuff that happens in life, that's a reality. And that can knock curiosity out of us. But I want to suggest that this curiosity of this first group, that we should pursue it. We should be people who are curious. And it's linked, I think, to this idea of wonder that we talked about last week of seeing Jesus for who he is and running to him, pursuing him in pursuit of wonder. Lord, who are you? I want to be amazed at who you are. We can only do that if we have this open, curious, willing to know more kind of spirit in us. There's so much to be found in Jesus. And the more we seek, the more we find. So let's be curious, people. To discover how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So that's the first reaction. Curiosity. We're going to go relatively quickly through them. There's curiosity of the people that knew the man. Um, onto the Pharisees, um, they react, I think, basically with pride pride is the next one Um, they basically uh, the man explains uh, this is what's happened to me it was this guy called Jesus who did it Um, here's what he said and they say this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath and there's a little verse in there as well where it says they had already decided so even before they were presented with the evidence of the man and what he said about Jesus they'd already decided it's this sort of like it's actually the exact opposite to curiosity right It's like, shut off, like, I know best, I'm closed off to any possibility that I might be wrong and that my worldview might need to change. It's a closed off kind of thing. And then that means that anything that comes at that worldview is seen as a threat. So they're really threatened by Jesus because they're so protective of the way that they see the world. And so Jesus' claims are really, really threatening. And it's just, they're defensive and they end up mocking the guy. You were steeped in sin at birth, how dare you lecture us? And then they throw the guy out. So this closed off way of being, the pride of I'm right and there's no possibility that I'm wrong, leads to mockery and then they throw the man out. And um, I think this can be expressed in all sorts of ways today, certainly in me, um, maybe not as blatantly as throwing someone out of the building uh, but in a sort of more subtle inflated view of myself and an I know best mentality or a, um, an overconfidence in my own ability often is how it manifests itself in me um, uh, maybe I have a certain view on the way that things should be done or something like that and then anybody does anything else differently, I'm overly judgmental of them um, or I'm overly defensive or what it is. And, and so that's my question in this second reaction is, is how, where are we prideful? What does pride look like for you? Um, I actually had a bit of a very real revelation of this at focus um, after Archie's talk on the Saturday night, if any of you were there, um, he was speaking from Acts 27 and um, uh, I won't go into the whole thing, but essentially I came to the realisation that I've been relying on myself too much. Um, some of you who know me will know that I'm about to go into the process of ordination, into the Church of England to train. Um, uh, pray for me. Pray for me. And I think what I realised at Focus is, I've been, I've been pinning my hopes of that. And if I lead a church one day, I've been pinning my hopes on the success of that church, on my ability, or um, you know, you need to be able to preach the best you can, or you need to be able to love people the best you can, or whatever, or just like stuff in me that's like, you need to do it otherwise you'll hurt people or otherwise it'll fail or whatever. And this is all the stuff that's going on in me. And I just came to this realisation at Focus that it's not about any of that in me. And I had this overinflated sense of myself and like, yes, I'm going to do it and I'm going to lead the best church ever. And just relying on myself way too much. It's this prideful thing. And the irony is, someone pointed out to me afterwards, just chatting around the fire pit at Focus, like, I'm scared of hurting people if I lead a church. But I'm guaranteed to hurt people if I'm relying on myself. Just the absolute irony of what was going on in me. And so that's that's a specific example for for me in my life. But maybe there's similar things in your life, in your workplace, or in relationships. Um, where are we subtly prideful? Because I think that's at the root of that. In me, that's the root of it. It's pride. I'm relying on myself too much. Or maybe you are in that group of people today uh, who, you know, you're new to faith or exploring faith and um, maybe there is a little bit of that like coming into it, you're like, well, I think I know. Like, this isn't real, I know. Um, And maybe there's just an invitation for you today that maybe it could be. That's the second reaction, pride. Um, Third one, uh, this is the parents um, of the blind man. They react basically with fear. Uh, So the Pharisees are brought to them, uh, or maybe the other way around, they're brought to the Pharisees. uh, And the Pharisees ask them to explain. um, And they basically say, we don't know, ask him. Like we don't know what happened, ask him. And then the little verse after that says, they said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. You know they've threatened to throw to throw the man out. What if that happens to them, as well? They're afraid, and they pass the buck of responsibility. They just say, "Ask him, don't know." Um, and you know we could be quite quick to judge these guys of like, "Oh, come on, have a bit more faith, stand up, speak." But um, if I was them, would I really do any better? You know, this is this is like an actual threat of being thrown out of your community. Um, there's like gen, a genuine threat here. Um, you know, I think about myself when I'm like, um, if I meet someone new or, or whatever, or um, I'm out and about um, and people ask me what I do and I'm like, uh, I work for a church. And it's just this like, what are they going to say? What are they going to do if I tell them that I work for a church? Um, and we just, I just have this, this thing of like, what will people think of me? Which is essentially the same thing. What, it's fear of the world. These people were afraid of these, these leaders in the world. What are they going to do to us? And so there's this same thing um, that maybe some of us have. And even in church, I think some of this leaks in sometimes, this fear of what other people will think or do. Even... Um, in worship, like, what, what will people think if I raise a hand? Um, I, I feel that. And, and, or coming forward in ministry, a, a fear of like, and that's a genuine thing. It's a big thing to come forward in ministry. What, what will people think of me if I come forward? Am I admitting that I've got something wrong with me? Like, you know, all this stuff. We, we hold these, like, anxieties about what people think of us. And so, again, the invitation this morning is to be free of that, be free of what the world might think because of the blind man's example, which is our last response. The blind man's example of worship. Of worship. He says, One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And again, this is like the opposite of the previous reaction. If the, op- if the previous reaction was fear, this is belief and trust and yes, this is who you say you are and I can, I can trust my life to you and so it doesn't matter what people think of me and it's worship of him in the face of opposition, like genuine opposition and, and not just opposition but he was actually thrown out. It actually happened to him and still he says, yes, I believe in the face of pain it would have been e- very easy at that moment for the guy to blame Jesus and say, like, I stood up to these Pharisees, man. Like, I told them who I think you are and they threw me out. Like, what's going on? But that's not his reaction. And there's a place, don't, please don't mishear me there, there's a place for honesty. If we feel pain and angst towards Jesus, if, if we feel like he's let us down, we can tell him. But this man's reaction is worship and faith and yes, this is who you are, even in the face of pain. He believes and trusts Jesus. And so the flow of the chapter is really the same as what we were talking about last week. It's see Jesus, one thing I know I was blind and now I see, and run to him in worship and wonder. So those are the four reactions, um, and just as we come into land, I'm just going to give two little thoughts off the back of those um, really quickly um, just to kind of tie it together and land us. Um, the first is that I think these, all four of these reactions, they show us something about the reality of life um, in that I think in a list of four like that where you look at them all separately, uh, it's easy to kind of think, oh, which one do I most, you know, align to or whatever. But what I want to say is that we are all, all four, to various degrees and various levels. We are all all four. We are complex people. Um, you know, we often like to associate ourselves with um, one particular group, or maybe the holiest group. Um, uh, we want to believe that we're like the blind man, maybe, um, and we have the faith, or we focus on how we're all so rubbish and painfully broken. But um, uh, human beings aren't that simple. We are complex, and that is. One of the beauties of the Bible, I think, is that uh, yes, the Bible is primarily a story about God, revealing him, what is he like. God is the main character of the Bible, but it is also um, a, a kind of account of the nature of what it is like to be human. Across 66 books and thousands of years of human history, as it was written, um, hundreds of varied characters, um, the Bible reveals this rich and colourful, complicated tapestry that is the human soul. Our greatest competencies and our worst tendencies and everything in between. And so when we come to the Bible, we can see, and this chapter, we can see that we all possess something of all four of those. And it reminds me of... um, a little verse in Mark 9 where a guy says to Jesus, I do believe, Lord, help me in my unbelief. The paradox of that, we are all all four. We have belief and unbelief, fear and faith in all of us. That's the reality. And so then in that, in the reality of life that this chapter presents us, I think there's an invitation to Change. An invitation to change. The invitation of Jesus this morning is for us to move out of disbelief and fear and pride and into curiosity and worship. To gradually walking with Him, pursuing Him, let His way take hold of our lives and take root at the deepest level of who we are so that our instinctive reactions to Him and the things of God move from disbelief to worship. You can almost picture it like, um, uh, like a hob or something um, where you have like four burners, right? Um, and each of them has a little dial um, and some burners need to be turned up and others need to be turned down so that cynicism can be replaced with wonder and pride with humility and fear with faith. And so where are you? Where are the dials for you today? What needs to go up? What needs to come down? Curiosity. Pride. Fear. Worship. Where are you? Because we're all on a journey with it. The dial is turning for each of us and will continue to turn, but it might be slow going. Um, Even the blind man went on like a journey through the chapter. If you read it through, he goes from, when he's first interrogated by the Pharisees, he calls Jesus a prophet, which is like sort of like second tier kind of identity. And then by the end of the chapter, he's like, you are the Messiah and I give you my life. It's a journey and it will be for all of us. But he begins hopeless on the side of a street rejected by society at the end of the story he's full of faith even in the face of opposition wholeheartedly worshipping Jesus so what does it look like for you today just as we come into land believing that Jesus is who he says he is your reaction to him maybe you need breakthrough maybe you need to trust him and say yes Lord this is who you are and I believe that you're going to break through in this situation maybe it's somehow learning or coming to trust that he is good even when everything is really hard and painful right now or maybe even it's just turning up maybe that's where you're at I know there are people in this room because I know you that are going through really really hard stuff and just turning up here today is enough that's where your dial is at and I just want to say well done Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe it's a recommitment to pursue Jesus with curiosity. Maybe you felt yourself get a bit cynical or you've lost your wonder or whatever. Going after him in worship. Where does the dial need turning for you? What's your reaction? I just want to say at the end here as well, a talk like this where you're talking about the four characters in the chapter that aren't Jesus could very easily become a sort of like nice, introspective, let's all think about ourselves talk. But I don't want to leave us with that because I don't think that's what John in the Gospel wants us to be left with. Because the solution to all of this, in turning the dial, and the end goal of all of this is Jesus himself. He is the only one who can bring this change in us in the struggle of life and the stuff that that stops us from turning the dial and gives us fear the only way we will overcome that is by fixing our eyes on Jesus and the end result isn't really to become a better person or a less cynical person or whatever that's not the end goal the end goal is adoration of Jesus being filled with wonder at who he is and all the other stuff is just stuff that stops us from getting there so that's where I want to leave, leave us as we Move into ministry as, as we consider, Lord, what do you want to do in us? It's not introspection and being left with just willpower. It's Jesus. Only he can do that change in us. And he's the end goal. Let's fix our eyes on him. Amen.